cross, you caught it finished. Grace, wonderful grace. Grace, wonderful grace. At the cross, all of my sin is
say amen to that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Please open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 12. I want us to have a prayer for Missionary Mike Frosham. He's one of God's special people, and he needs $10,000 this week before he leaves for India. I believe God can provide it. Will you pray with me right now? Father, we ask you for a miracle for our brother. We pray that from your bountiful resources, you will bring to pass the miracle that is needed, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Remain standing for Exodus chapter 12, verse 21 through 25. I'm speaking a message by covered by grace. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out now, take you a lamb according to your families, and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye be come into the land which the Lord will give you according to as he has promised, then ye shall keep his service. You may be seated. When we hear someone say, I've got your back, <laughs> we suppose that they're going to cover us. We don't have to worry. They're going to be there. We're covered from attack. We're covered from our, in regard to the mission that God has given to us. They'll help us to accomplish that. They believe in us. They would do anything to help us. They've got our back. They will defend us. They will encourage us. They will pray for us. They have our back. God told Israel to leave Egypt and go into the promised land. Pharaoh refused to let them go. You can't do that. I'm not going to do it. God sent the ten plagues. He, Pharaoh made it hard for the children of Israel. He increased their burdens. But God told Moses to tell the people to take a lamb and put, it, put the blood on the two side posts and on the lintel of the house. And he would pass through and he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will cover you. I will have your back. You know, to be covered by the blood is important. There's nothing in this world more important than you have in the blood of Jesus Christ, which was shed for the, the atonement of your sins, have that wash you clean and cover your life. In verse 23, the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow 
suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. So you'll notice that it's not God that smote the Egyptians. He had an angel called the destroyer. And they're the ones that would go into each house that did not have the blood and smite the firstborn. After nine plagues, Pharaoh hardened his heart and refused to let the people go. And so from Pharaoh on his throne to the beggar at his footstool, the person in the dungeon, every and even the cattle, the firstborn were slain unless there was, they had been covered by the blood. He said, take a lamb. Let me read it to you from verse 3, backing up the chapter to verse 3. Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. A lamb for a house. That's important. Salvation is an individual matter. It's not collectively just given out to American people because of where we live. But every person has to accept Jesus Christ and have the blood applied to his heart and life individually. If the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And then it says you shall kill it in the evening. Verse 7, you shall take of the blood and smite it, smite it on the two side posts and the upper door posts of the house. In verse 8, they shall eat the flesh in the night. Roast with fire and unleavened bread with bitter herbs. All of this was typical of the bitterness of their 430 years in captivity and slavery. Eat not of it raw nor sodden with water, but roast with fire, the head with his legs and the pertinence thereof. You shall let nothing of it remain till the morning, and that which remaineth of it in the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, listen to this, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. This blood shall be for you for a token upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Notice in verse 3, every man a lamb. The, the rabbis tell us that there had to be at least 10 people in the house. So if there were not 10 people in the house, they could invite some neighbors that didn't, didn't have enough. It could not be more than 20. They had strict regulations. They had, they had to take a lamb from the sheep or the goats without blemish because it was a type of Christ who did no wrong, did no sin, but shed his blood for us. 
In verse 6, it would happen on the 14th day. In verse 7, strike it on the two doorposts. And the lintel in verse 23, it says the lintel and the two side posts. Notice it was not on the threshold. The lintel, the two side posts, but nothing on the threshold. That was because the blood was never to be trodden underfoot. They had to reverence and respect and revere the blood of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29, of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing. He hath done despite to the Spirit of grace. So to, to speak irreverently of the blood of Jesus and to reject Jesus Christ is doing despite to the Spirit of grace trodden underfoot, trampling the blood of Jesus. There's a lot of people in this world who trample under their feet the blood of Jesus. The blood of the covenant, the grace covenant, covered by his grace because of the atonement. Crucifying the Son of God afresh and anew. Here it is in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 6. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Many people have renounced their Christianity and committed a horrible sin going back into some cult or false religion, and they're crucifying the Son of God afresh and anew. I suppose tonight that God would have me warn you, don't reject Jesus. Don't turn your back on him. Don't refuse the spirit of grace. You shall eat the flesh roasted with fire. And verse 11, eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. What does all that mean? Be ready. Be ready. Friends, I want to tell you something your salvation is urgent. You need to be ready. We're going to leave this place one of these days. There's going to be another exodus. God's going to call us out of this world. The rapture's going to take place. And we're admonished in the New Testament by the Lord himself to, be, to watch and be ready because he's coming again. Notice it would happen at the midnight hour. In verse 29, it came to pass at the midnight hour the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, under the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the cattle. Even the firstborn of the cattle and the captives and the, and the Pharaoh himself, all the firstborn. A great cry was sent up in Egypt that night. Those that were not covered and there was a death in their household. Can you imagine finding a little baby that is the firstborn child in the family and it's dead? Finding a teenager and he's the firstborn, he or she, and they're dead? Finding a grown adult who was the firstborn in the family, dead? A great cry. 
there's going to be a great cry when the rapture takes place. I can imagine if Jesus would come tomorrow or tonight, school children coming home and yelling out, Mommy, I want some cookies. No answer. Nobody to answer. She's been caught up in the rapture. Young people, that's something to think about. Husbands, if you're not saved, your wife will be gone. Wife, you're going to leave this place when the rapture takes place. Nobody's going to hold you back. Jesus is coming again. I can imagine what the calamity will be when a Christian pilot is flying a plane and suddenly he disappears and the plane plummets to earth because he, there's no one in control. I can imagine all kind of vehicles veering off the highway because the driver has been raptured and there's a calamity going on and a great cry being sent up. The missing persons bureau will be flooded with answers. 911 will be flooded and people will wonder what is going on. We're covered by the blood not only for our salvation. We're covered by grace for divine healing because the Holy Ghost takes the benefits of the atonement and then applies it to our physical bodies and our mind and our soul and our spirit. And there's healing in the atonement. We're told in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. And then verse 5, But he was wounded, for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Everyone say that together. With his stripes, we are healed. One more time. With his stripes, loud. With his stripes, we are healed. Raise your hands and thank him for it. Lord, let it happen in this room right now. Those who need the healing virtue, with his stripes, we're covered in, for divine healing with his grace and with his stripes. Jesus said this, of that day and that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore be ye also ready. Jesus said this, be ye also ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. It's a marvelous thing to be ready. And people in this room, I believe, for the most part are ready. But there may be one. There may be two. There may be a dozen. 
So I'm going to give you an opportunity to get ready before you leave this room tonight. I don't want you to be lost. I don't want you to be left behind. Notice the destroyer would go to every house, whether they were Egyptians or Jewish. And if the Jews did not follow through with the blood, they would lose the firstborn in their house. God is counting on us to believe his word and obey his word. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 and 25 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we're healed. We're covered with the gifts of healing. We're covered with the gift of working of miracles. We're covered with the gift of faith. We're covered with forgiveness, with cleansing, and the blood of Jesus. God is faithful. He will not fail. We're covered by the grace of God for our journey. You know, this was a task for Moses to lead the children of Israel. Well over two million people, some say. And they would have to leave Egypt and go across the desert towards the promised land. But God's grace would cover them for their journey. There would be challenges like the Red Sea. There would be challenges like Pharaoh's army coming up from behind. But the favor of God would, that God had created for the, them grace for the journey. The, the Greek word charis, charis, is found 156 times in the New Testament. It's translated 130 times as the word grace. 130 times it's translated grace. God wants you to know he's interested in you. He has you in mind for the journey you're on. John 1.17 says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Romans 5 and verse 2 says, by whom we have access to by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope for the glory of God. Romans 6 and verse 15, what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you Think about that for a moment. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I give rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. A little chorus that we used to sing. My voice won't allow me to do it tonight. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now... I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. Yeah, I'll give him praise. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, he called it finished. All of my sin is covered. All of my past is covered. No matter what I've done, no matter where I've been, no matter how I fall, you pick me up again. You have removed my shame. You take me as I am. 
You've called me justified. Now I'm covered by your grace. Everyone say covered by grace. They're coming to sing it for us again. Come on. Someone in this room, you're ashamed of your past. Tonight that shame's going to be taken away. Failure, shortcomings, misgivings, bad relationships, it can all be put under the blood before you walk out of this room. You walk out of here free, covered by grace, covered by his grace, the grace that sent him to Calvary, the grace that caused him to shed every drop of blood in his body. Blessed be his holy name. Stand, please, with your heads bowed. I want to pray a prayer now for those who are unsaved. If you are not right with God, please let me pray for you now. If, if you are not ready to go to heaven, will you raise your hand and say, Pastor, include me in that prayer? Thank you for doing that. Thank you. How many more? Raise your hands quickly anywhere in the building. You can let it down. Just right up and down. How many more? I want everyone in this room to pray this prayer for forgiveness and believe that we're going to be covered for all, with all of our sins under the blood. Father, in Jesus' name, I confess my sins. Please forgive me. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Save me this night. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I want to go to heaven. I do not want to be lost. I accept you now. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want to do is invite everybody to bring your faults, your failures, your shortcomings to this altar tonight and unload there in the time at the altar. Those who lifted your hand, I believe God heard your prayer. I believe that. Amen. Thank God. Can you say praise the Lord for salvation? Amen. All right, as they're singing, will you just move right out to the front right now? Find you a place to, for prayer. Special altar time before you leave this house tonight.
tonight in closing as those that are here at the altar are still praying I want us to pray that God would help us to take I know that many of you that are here tonight were here all weekend Friday and all day yesterday and then this morning and God truly has poured out his spirit on our lives and uh, God has encouraged God has challenged uh, God has I believe motivated many of us in this place to take the gospel into our workplace, our schools and college campuses, to take what happens in the house of God out into the streets of Jacksonville. Can you say amen to that tonight? That it's so vitally important that the church not be a building, the church not just be a place that's stationary, that the church mobilize as the people of God that go out into our everyday life and that we take Jesus in our hands, in our words, and that God use us to ooze over all of the people in our lives that conviction and love and encouragement can flow out of our life. So I want you this, this, this night, I want you just to lift up your hands. Come on, in closing. And I want you just to, I want us to sing through this one more time. And come on, just yield yourself. And those of you that are watching online, come on, wherever you are, just lift your hands right now and just kind of yield yourself and express yourself tonight to Him. And just ask the Lord to anoint you. God, help us to be the church outside these walls. Come on, just sing this right now and worship Him. tonight he takes you just as you are <laughs> come on let's celebrate the grace of God just as I am you don't have to clean yourself up before you get into his presence you just get in his presence we can't fix people God fixes us amen so this week let's go into our community and be Jesus we pray often I said this last Sunday night that God would save the unsavable, that God would touch our family, our friends, our co-workers. But this week, let's be the answer to our prayer. Let's intersect some people that are on their way to hell, and let's depopulate hell this week and populate heaven in the name of Jesus. Let God use you in a powerful way. Come on, let's close in prayer tonight. Jesus, it is such a privilege to be a Christ bearer, that we can carry your good news, God, wherever we go. And I pray and lift up every person in this sanctuary right now. Thank you for the word tonight.
And God, may it motivate and challenge us. God, help us to see those that are hurting and broken, Lord, I pray in our community. God, to also invite them to be under that blood covering in Exodus. That, Lord, in their life, may the blood of Jesus be applied to the doorpost of their heart and lives. That the judgment of God can pass over. I pray for our workplaces, schools, and colleges. We pray for our streets and the marketplace. God, use us to save the unsavable, to go into those lives that are addicted and strung out, and God, trusting in the things of this world, that you, Lord, would be the substance that would be life-changing, life-altering. And Lord, may the altars that are saturated with the tears tonight of faults and failures, God, of us laying down whatever we need to lay down, God, may we walk out with a testimony of your grace being sufficient that we thank you tonight that you take us just as we are and Lord let us go communicate that good news to a lost city a lost world in Jesus name protect us as we leave this place in Jesus name amen and amen come on give Jesus a shout tonight amen and an applause of the night God bless you God bless you have a great week in Jesus name